You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 147th program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by the Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for 25 years. I am Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're looking at our fake two-party system of government, how it has no formal or legal basis at all, and why we need to break out of it. Mm. Being in the middle of what our democracy seems to be all about and that is obligatory voting in the federal election, it's quite appropriate to talk about our two-party political system, or rather our supposed two-party political system. Yeah, and let's look at whether we can even officially, whether we even officially have a two-party system. Or is it a sclerotic remnant of a historical occurrence maintained and bolstered by our media, our public commentators and by power holders who still find it useful for the maintenance of their power. Mm. And obviously the two main parties have an interest, Jacques, in mm-hmm. hanging on to this old scab of an idea that we officially have a two-party system and that it's the best of all possible worlds. Yeah, this matter has come to the fore in the run-up to the federal election uh, with quite a few independents appearing to threaten especially liberal seats, and thus threaten the liberal government staying in power. Mm. The so-called teal independents, whilst obviously also wanting to address local concerns in their own electorates, they seem to converge on the need to address global warming and other ecological issues, also focusing on corruption in politics and the need for a federal anti-corruption body, and finally, on gender issues and gender justice and equality. Mm -hmm. Unlike most candidates of the main parties, independents are members of groundswell, grassroots and community movements who want their representatives in Canberra to actually represent them. Mm, That's a rather radical idea. Sorry, Jacques, (laughs) that's a rather radical idea. That's right, rather than representing the vested interest of the fossil fuel industry or turning a blind eye on the obvious malfunction of our parliamentary system and processes. Mm. And you can tell how successful the independents might be by the rising hysteria in Liberal ranks with Liberal pollies terrified of losing their seats, sounding increasingly desperate. So Josh Frydenberg, Federal Treasurer and member for Kuyong, is a case in point. Look at Sunday Herald Sun's front page on the 1st of May. There's a picture of Frydenberg with his family under the heading, Fight of My Life. <laughs> the subheading reads, With his career on the line, Federal Treasurer warns a 
electing teal independence will be a horror show for our country, unquote. <laughs> so horror show, really? And across the picture of the words, it's a con job. These so-called independents are in many cases former members of the Labor Party, as they are in Kuyong, <laughs> unquote. Well, so it's all pretty hysterical. It's not hard to guess who also whose side Murdoch's Herald Sun and his other media outlets are on. And inside the paper is a double-page spread with very actually engaging photos of Josh Frydenberg with family and others alongside, again, hysterical warnings against voting for the independent for Kuyong, Monique Ryan. Yeah. Others are speaking here jokingly about uh, the Josh Keeper program. <clears throat> <laughs> Apart from the blatant and free campaigning for one side of the two-party system, the Liberal side, the charge that independents are just fake independents because they don't commit to supporting one of the established parties, once elected, is rather illogical. Yeah, and dumb too. In the, yeah, in the Guardian of the 1st of May, uh, political commentator Barry Cassidy states the obvious. You'd be a fake independent if you would announce which major party you're back in the future, rather than use your independence to support or oppose issues according to your stated values and as they come up in Parliament. So it's really dumb criticizing them for not offering blanket support for a party. They are, they are called independents because they are independent after all. <laughs> and as for the charge that Monique Ryan was once a member of the Labour Party, well, I, I'd assume she probably would still be there if she didn't have reasons to stop that affiliation. And the fact that Ryan's mother-in-law continues to be a Liberal voter as Frydenberg later stated, doesn't say a lot about anything really, apart from the tactics he and the Liberal Party and its media use to prove that his side of the two-party system is the best. Media, by the way, that are still pursuing Ryan's mother-in-law mother and even her mm -hmm. former colleagues in the hospital. Yeah, it's pretty disgraceful. Mm. Anyway, I think that one bounced back on him <laughs> quite badly. It's, it's quite grubby politics, mm. obviously. Mm. And finally, we should remind, um, I, I guess, remind ourselves. And our treasurer. Or remind the treasurer <laughs> <laughs> that his predecessor, Liberal treasurer, his, pre his predecessor, Liberal treasurer from 1996 to 2007, Peter Costello, had also been a member of the Labour Party in his younger days at Monash University and afterwards. Or is that only a problem if you don't go from Labour to Liberal rather than Labour to Independent, as Monique Ryan has mm. done? Mm. So on that thought, we'll go to a music break with Equilibrium by The String Contingent.
You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855am on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about Australia's fake two-party system and why we need to challenge it, despite all the scaremongering by the desperado liberals, afraid of losing seats to independence. Amongst all the scaremongering is the bogeyman of a hung parliament. Mm. Yeah, and we need to talk about that too. A hung parliament just means that no party gets a majority of members voted into the House of Representatives to form government. Then if a party uh, doesn't have a majority of members voted in on its own, it has to get agreement with independents or minor parties and um, inevitably compromising some policies uh, such as climate change and refugees. So the phrase hung parliament, I think, is really unfairly pejorative and misleading because it implies it's not meant to happen um, hmm. or that it's not meant to happen this way. But it's, it's only tradition and the Labor and Liberal parties invested interests that say it's not meant to happen this way. Mm. There's nothing actually in the constitution or legally that it needs to mm-hmm. have. There needs to actually be a majority of one party to form government. Mm. As for the charge that the world will cave in if neither party wins a majority in its own right, well, a lot of countries operate like this and it pretty much works for the good. So a mm-hmm. so-called hung parliament would certainly not be a disaster or the end of the world, as argued by the two major parties invested in the current system. Mm. As Bruce Guthrie argued uh, last week in the New Daily, and he titled his contribution, Hung Parliaments, Time to Hang Up on this piece of political speak. And he Mm -hmm. explains, I quote, Australia might be just weeks away from getting a House of Representatives that reflects the true breadth of our opinions and ideals. And yet, we're being conditioned to feel we will have failed on election day if it comes about. Day after day, we're being told that neither of the major parties will have a majority of the 150 seats in the next parliament, and one of them will have to do a deal with independence to get to the 76 seats needed to form government. Pollsters, mm-hmm. pundits and media outlets, including just even the New Daily, keep referring to this prospect as a hung parliament. It's no longer relevant at a time where voters are wanting more nuance than the major parties are delivering. And mm-hmm. pointing at the fact that... And so that's um, is that the end of yeah, the quote? In, in the quote, yeah. Uh, and pointing at the fact that the 2010 election brought about a hung parliament and the Gillard government that got a lot done with the support of a Green and three independent members. And Guthrie states, quote again, we're taught to be suspicious of these political marriages because that scepticism serves the interests of the two major parties who have dominated politics in this country in the modern era. So the major parties are quite happy to use the term and terms like hung or unstable parliaments because it shores up their political dominance. But we shouldn't Mm. allow it, unquote. Yeah, Mm, very good. And while Australian politics virtually virtually operates as a two-party system, 
it may be surprising to know that the two-party system is not enshrined in the Australian Constitution at all. It, it, so it has no formal legal status. Mm, and this is despite a two-party system being taken pretty much for granted by media, political commentators, the government bureaucracy, and by business and interest groups and their lobbyists who, trying, who are trying to gain influence over political decisions. Mm, yes, it, even the official website of the Australian Parliament presents the two-party system as our legitimate system. Not only can you find the names of ministers in the present government, you can also find the names of what's referred to as the current shadow ministry list, So, who are obviously currently Labor MPs because the Liberals mm. are in mm. government. So current shadow ministry list, what what the hell is that <laughs> shadow ministry? There's no legally, formally such a thing, but it's on the Australian government website for parliament. So, um, so the shadow ministry has no status in Australia's constitution, but it's they're, they're presented as the only official opposition or alternative party potentially governing Australia. And that's a very strong mm. imprimatur given on a government website. Mm-hmm. For the two-party right. system. And that seems to be what's inferred and the daily proceedings and physical setup of both houses of parliament sees the major, and I put quote and unquote around major parties, facing one another. PM and opposition leader occupying central positions, screaming at one another. No mm-hmm. other parties are elevated in this way on the website of the Australian Parliament. Parliament and the delegates of other parties and independents are sitting on the so-called crossbench, quite away from the action, or so it's, or the the oppositional action, or so it seems. So, so they're even put on the margins in the physical yeah, totally. layout. Yeah. Mm. So, I guess, how did this misrepresentation of our legal system of government, this ossified? <laughs> two-party system come to pass? That's a big mm. question. Salam, Habibi. Salam, Habibi. This is Marushti and Lukman from Salam Radio Show. Tune in on Sundays from 4 till 5 p.m. on 3CR for some modern Arabic mazika. Salam Radio Show will be bringing you Every week, a surge of new, modern and reinterpreted sounds of Arabic mazika, ranging from trap, rap, hip-hop, pop, R&B, experimental, ambient and electronic music. Yalla habaybna! Shunatrin! Join us every Sunday on Salam Radio Show. Mainstreaming Arabic mazika. You're listening to Think Again on 3CR Radical Radio, 855 AM on your dial and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about Australia's fake two-party system and how we arrived at it despite it having no legal basis. 
the historical evolution of the two-party system in the countries in which it exists usually starts from some binary oppositional political standpoint or a combinational standpoint of interests. In England, during mm. the late 1600s, it had to do with the Whigs wanting a constitutional monarchy and the Tories who sought to strengthen the power of the monarchy. So the Whigs, for the constitutional monarchy, they would sit in Parliament on the left side of the chamber. The Tories, who wanted more power for the monarchy, they sat on the right side. And then on top of all of that, the winner-takes-all or first-past-the-post-electoral system, in fact, quite often leads to the emergence of a two-party system. Whilst in a proportional representation system like ours, lesser parties, they can actually play a role in policymaking. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point. And I'll put a link um, on our program page to a great YouTube from The Guardian explaining preferential voting that we have, um, basically explaining that with preferential voting, if the candidate you put first doesn't get a majority of votes, your next preferences will still be used to decide who gets into government. Yes. So voting for independence, I guess an important point is voting for independence or minor parties isn't a wasted vote. Mm -hmm. It can't be a wasted vote. And proportional voting as well, or, uh, rep proportional representation also allows people to come into parliament on the basis of the proportion, proportional strength of their group or uh, of their party, if you want. So historically, how did our Australian system of government come to be dominated by two parties? Here at the time of federation, three main parties existed. One representing the workers who were organizing themselves in the second half of the 1800s and that became eventually the ALP. Another party represented business and the middle class over time developed into the Liberal Party. And the third party was an agrarian sort of base party and developed into the National Party. When Labour won a few federal elections following Federation in 1901, the business and agrarian parties merged in 1909 just to keep Labour out. Yeah, so mm -hmm. Jacques... It was they merged to keep mm -hmm. Labour out in 1909. So it was a it was a marriage of convenience right, yes. from the start, and it therefore started the whole idea between Conservative and Labour being not Conservative or whatever. So mm. over time, both major parties have expanded and diversified their voter base, diluting but certainly not erasing the deep-seated antagonism between Capital and Labour. Yeah. So critique of the two-party system has emerged from many sides and you've also um, already cited some of that, mm -hmm. Shark, but multi-party governments permit wider and more diverse viewpoints in government and they encourage dominant parties to make deals with weaker parties to form winning coalitions. Of course, such deals could include doing something about global warming, for example, mm -hmm. So that's just one example. That, so at the moment you've got a converging of policies by the two major parties that people complain right. about. Chris Wiegand of the Huffington Post they wrote that in Australia, and I quote, 
the parliamentary system is inherently much more open to minority parties getting much better representation than third parties do in the American system, unquote. And after an election in which the party changes, there can be a, and he quotes again, or I quote him again, a polar shift in policy making when voters react to changes. In contrast, as Michael Coblen suggests, quote, two-party regimes often create the ludicrous idea that every public policy problem has two and only two approaches. That's nonsense. Certainly mm -hmm. some problems have only two resolutions, some have only one, but most have a range of possible solutions. But the okay. national debate presents every issue as a simplistic duality which trivializes everything, unquote. So mm -hmm. such multi-party systems operate, by the way, in numerous countries, including New Zealand, Canada, and many European democracies, and they don't seem to be doing that badly. Interestingly, as Guthrie also points out, and I quote, after all, we accept the Senate will be pretty much always a mix of majors, minors, independents, and assorted crackpots who will have mm -hmm. to compromise constantly to reach consensus. And isn't that a good thing? Unquote. So why not in both houses? Yeah, so you're saying why not in the House That's of Representatives, right. mm. which forms government, as well as That's the Senate, correct. which is mm. the House of Review. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so finally, <laughs> I guess, look where we have descended with the current system, um, with our ambiguous and largely make-believe two-party system. So how are we going with that? <laughs> the two main parties largely present as Tweedledee and Tweedledum on doing something real to address global warming, for example, something we've almost run out of time to do anything about. Um, and it, so it's, it's existentially urgent. Neither party is prepared to stop digging up and selling or using fossil fuels like coal and gas, which is crazy. The Nationals, as part of the coalition with the Liberals, have been pro-mining rather than pro-pharma for some time now, including pro-coal mining. And that's in contrast to the National Farmers Federation that what really does want something done about climate change. Actually, some have argued that we have had a hung parliament all along with the Liberals forced to join with the Nationals to form government, holding back mm -hmm. climate change action for at least a decade. That's true and very mm -hmm. serious. And the same descent to the mediocre middle has happened with the draconian treatment of asylum seekers since Prime Minister right. Howard. I, and mm -hmm. I, when I say that, I mean the, media, the descent to the mediocre mm -hmm. middle by the two That's major right. parties. And also the more recent legislation that increases tax breaks for the wealthy well into the future. And in the Australian two-party system, the possibility of proposing, let alone legis legislating for really alternative policies is severely restricted, as the last several years have amply proven, especially given the mm. power of the overwhelmingly pro-coalition media, just think Murdoch and Nine Entertainment, as we have pointed out earlier mm -hmm. and in many of our previous programs. Yeah. So, Jacques, where does this all lead well, us? Well, it seems important to reconsider the real meaning of the concept of democracy, 
which is basically saying rule of and by the people, the demos mm -hmm. in the word democracy, and to consider ways in which people can best participate and deliberate in decision-making processes that requires a relocalization and a decentralization of decision-making processes, as well a degree as well as a degree of control over information processes by and for the people. Misinformation mm -hmm. and manipulation are rampant, and our media, public, private, owned, and social, they don't do the job. Most important mm, of all, though I think transparency and accountability by those we elect needs to be directed at us, the people, rather than at the powers pursuing their own personal interests. So it's sort of pretty basic, isn't it? But it probably needs restating. Yes, and thank you for restating <laughs> yes. that, Jacques. Let's now, uh, basically, most of what we are doing really is a community, a community uh, a hint at the community of listeners to start rethinking what we do in our politics, really. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, that was yeah. it. <laughs> thanks for so to our listeners. Thanks for listening to Think Again on Three CR Community Radio. If you want to comment on today's program, you can email Borderlands Borders at Borderlands au. Our past programs are available on podcast and the Three CR website at three cr org. And thanks again to Clive Bourne for music selection and for technical production. Meanwhile, stay tuned for Jailbreak, which gives a voice to our brothers and sisters in prison. And to bring us into this program, we have Milkumana by King Stingray. <laughs> Oh, daddy, yeah,